Hey, you're drinking house coffee, unfiltered conversations brewed at the intersection of real estate life and coffee shop service. We're Maggie and Rich, local business owners and friends sharing stories and welcoming you to pull up a chair with us. The door's always open. Let us pour you a cup. Hey, Maggie. Hey, Rich. Never mind that we've been sitting here together for the last five, 30 well, minutes. However many, yeah. <laughs> but they'll never know that we didn't just say, hey. Hey, like nice we to see you. Like we were seeing each other for the first time. <laughs> Welcome to episode 30. This is Dirty 30. <sighs> Dirty 30. 30. Okay, so my favorite like movie. we just did 20. Is one of my favorite movies is 13 going on 30. And Jennifer Garner's in it, and it's like 30 and flirty and thriving. Wow. That's us. So that's this episode right here. It's awesome. I think we need that in our lives right now, so <laughs> happy to hear it. What have you been listening to? Um, lot of lot more Dateline, just, just, just binging. Yeah. Just binging the true crime. So many murders. <laughs> um, but that's not what I came here to talk about. <laughs> Uh, I listened to the newest episode of the Marketing Made Simple podcast this morning. Oh. Because they're starting a new little series where they're going to do like kind of a walkthrough of, of cl- how to clarify your your message. So mm-hmm. it's like one of those practical ones. It was like a 20-minute listen. And that was um, yeah, just something to break it up Cool. this morning. Did you listen to the song I sent you? By Jason Mraz. No. Oh, my gosh. I'm so sorry. No, you texted it to me, right? I did. You got to listen to it. All right. Should we put I it on right now? Or we can all just li- have we, a listen Yeah, party? let's just all listen to it no, right now. No, we're not going to But when you get a chance, maybe listen to it on your way home. I think That's it, fair. I think you'll really like it. That's fair. I think it actually might feel a little bit cathartic to... Maybe it's what our, I need today. ...our pre-recording conversation. <laughs> So you might like it. Okay, I'll check it out. You, you kind of like moody songs. You know me. <laughs> Maybe Jason Mraz never struck me as the, as the moody type, and He's that's why I never got into him, you know? Very moody. Okay, cool. Speaking my language. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here for that. <laughs> well, what are you listening to? I just started a new book. I tend to book hop. And I start a book and like listen to it and then like, but come, not finish it, but not finish it. And I come back, start to a it. new one or jump yep. into another one. I do feel like I'm going to finish this book. It's something that I've been waiting for a while. And the book title is I am bunny. How a talking dog taught me everything I need to know about being human by Alexis divine. A, t- a talking dog. Yes. Do you follow? What about Bunny on Instagram? No, I don't think I've ever heard of Bunny. I'm so surprised because Bunny is a sheep a doodle and has like millions of followers. And Bunny is a dog that uses buttons to speak to her human whose name is Alexis. And it's fascinating. There's a ton of... um, scientific research happening with Bunny and other dogs like Bunny who use AAC devices, which stands for Augmented Accelerated (laughs) Communications. Um, I recently read a book 
um, I'm not going to remember the title of it, but it's by another author who has a dog um, who uses buttons to talk and the dog's name is Stella and the the human's name is Christina Hungerford oh I think her book is called Hunger for Words might be her Instagram handle Hmm. but Christina Hungerford is actually a speech pathologist so she using her speech pathologist background thought like oh I, I wanted to see if I can teach my dog the same techniques that I'm using children who can't speak because she works with children who use AAC devices like iPads with words and stuff to help communicate. So she thought that she could do that with her dog. And Alexis Devine, who's the owner of Bunny, was inspired by Christina Hungerford and has become way more, has way more of a following and has influenced way more pet owners and including myself. Yeah, I was Rosie, gonna say you guys use the buttons. Rosie use it. Well, Rosie used to use the buttons a ton before we got our other dog, Bruce. And then we had to put the buttons away because Bruce was like using it as a toy and like chewing them up. And what it just, it was a big distraction. And so I feel like now I have become more alert as a pet owner to how my dogs are communicating to me. Like, you're, I'm not, this is like hand to the sky, like truth, what just happened today before coming here. I stopped at home to eat lunch and let my dogs out, and we came fr- back from inside. And we have a bell, but it's by our front door. So our dogs ring the bell when they want to go outside, but they also ring the bell for like other things. Mm-hmm. And it, I never know, like, they, they'll come inside and they'll ring the bell. And I'm like, I wish I knew exactly what this meant. But today... after Just a we, happy bell. Yes, a happy Thanks bell. Thanks for letting us out. We came home from inside and Bruce, one of my dogs, walked over to my sneakers, sniffed my sneakers, walked over to his collar and booped his collar with his nose. Then he walked over to his leash, which is hanging by the door, booped the leash and then rang the bell. Wow. And I was like, Bruce, do you want to go for a walk? And he just started like spinning in circles and like wagging his tail. Like that was a clear communication to me. That was like sneakers, collar, leash, ding, 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 ding. Like, let's go. So it's just interesting that like our, our pets are trying to communicate to us. If you're like, if you're able to like listen and see that. Yeah. So. Bruce the brute. Yeah. That's huh? Good job, Bruce. Good job, Maggie. <laughs> but anyways, that's what I'm reading now. The book is called I Am Bunny. And um Cool. You know who you gotta ask about stuff like that is Christine. She's really she's way more up on the Instagrams and the like the especially the animals mm-hmm. yeah. and whatnot that you're gonna find out there. Yeah, she's the one to check in with. Although mm-hmm. we've never she'll send me reels and I don't know that I've ever seen anything or heard of that person mm-hmm. or that dog. Yeah. Is a dog named Bunny? The dog's name is Bunny. <sighs> Layers of complexity with this one. It is confusing. <laughs> cool. That but it's really fun. It's it's a really good read so far. I wish that I could get what do you what do you have? Like Audible or something? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I use Audible, but I but before I cannot I had subscribe Audible, to one more thing. You know before I had do you have a library card? What's a library? <laughs> you can use the Libby app, which is the free version of Audible, uh, and you can borrow <laughs> books from Libby, 
And that's how I read Atomic Habits for the first time was through the Libby app. You just go in and put it like on hold like you would a book that you wanted or like request it and they will, you can um, listen to it. I'm downloading it now. Nice. As we speak. Oh, maybe. You just need a library card. I probably have one. If not, it's time to get a new one. All right. Mm -hmm. First question. Do you have a library card? (laughs) What if it's not? Not yet. Okay. We'll come back to that. You just go to... Can I borrow Christine's? Maybe I'll borrow hers. Well, if Christine might have a Libby app already. Yeah, she probably does. So you just go just go up to the Schenectady like Library and get your library She's card. She's up on everything, yeah. all right? Yeah. Um, I am sure that I have library cards somewhere. Mm-hmm. They can probably issue me a new one for a buck, I'm pretty sure. For free. Uh, in the past, they used to charge Did you a buck you know for a replacement library I card. I think libraries have eliminated late fees. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure they're still itching to get my buck for a new library card. <sighs> I could be wrong. I'll check it with I my friend know. Diana, who um, works at the Scotia Library. Well, she works at the she works at the mm-hmm. local libraries and comes into our store. She's so, my library connection. Speaking of library, there's this other guy that I follow on Instagram named Michael, and he's a librarian, and he posts motivational library videos about stories of of interactions he's had with people and kids in the library and he's so enthusiastic and he is he's just he makes you want to go to the library i'll um have to send you his page as well who knew (laughs) the age of the library influencer yes it he has the best stories like he just shares stories about his interactions with people from working in the library i bet that's actually pretty cool it's really really good all right send that my way well we got to talk business. We do. Last time, I would like to give one update before we go into it, though. Corrections Corner? What? No, it's just an update. <laughs> Hit us. A $5 update. Okay. All right. So on Friday, last Friday, um, was no school in, a, in observance of um, the Veterans Day holiday. And cool. I got a phone call from my bank. And you'll never guess what happened. You're kidding me. They found the $5 bill. No, they didn't. So what happened last time when myself and my kid were leaving the bank to exchange his ripped up $5 bill for a new $5 bill was there was a table of lollipops next to like a sweepstakes um Enter, you have to enter your like for a thousand dollars or whatever, and you have to be like I think 18 or 21 or older to enter. So I entered my name and he entered Brandon's name because <laughs> he's like, he's like, if, the, if they pull your name, will you split it with me? And I was nice. like, yes, I will split it with you. And I'm like, this is for like every single branch of the entire capital region for this contest, not just this little Scotia branch, but whatever. But what happened was. <laughs> He set the $5 in the windowsill between where the window meets the frame of the window. He, like, didn't put it in his pocket. He didn't set it down on the table. He just, like, stuck it in the window and then got distracted by the lollipops and then took a lollipop and we just left. And I thought that he – it fell out of his hand when we were on our way to the vehicle, to my car. But 
she said the the lady at the bank called me and said that she couldn't believe it but like a couple days later that friday she she was like you know opening the bank and she saw the $5 bill in the window f- frame and she took a picture of it <sighs> and she showed us the photo of it when we went there to pick up the $5 bill so we found the $5 That's... it ha- the story has a happy ending it did not blow away. Wow. <laughs> Thanks for telling us. Yeah. Thought, thought I should share that. That is such a specific place to ha- to do that. Though. Like mm-hmm. he put it there. Yes. I'm he surprised you did. didn't remember that. Do you know what I mean? That's such an intentional he rem- place. He literally remembered it after we found it. He was like, oh, yeah, I remember putting it in the window. And I just wanted to be like, really? Like, That's are you kidding me? Hilarious. <laughs> But that's just like yeah. I think I don't know. Totally. I'm not mad no. about it because no, that's a, like, that's a great a, ending to that story. It's a good lesson learned. Like, put your darn money in your pocket. That is best case scenario all around. You still got to teach a lesson, and yeah. you still got to get five bucks back. Yeah. Without you. Can I share one more story, <laughs> please? So later that day on that Friday, we went to an estate sale, and. I go to estate sales and you on Friday. Lost $5. No, no. <laughs> At this estate sale, in the in someone's office, there was a piggy bank that was in the shape of a dinosaur, and you could see in the belly of the dinosaur all these coins. It was clear, and the price of this piggy bank was eight dollars. And he looked at it and he was like, "This piggy bank is for sale with all these coins in it." And I was like, "Yeah." Like, get it. And so he bought it. And then on our way to the car, we were guessing how much money we thought was in this, like, dinosaur belly piggy bank. I thought about $4. He thought about $5. And when he went home, guess how much money was in this bank? $10. $16. So he doubled his money. And he found his $5 all in the same day. I don't even know what kind of lesson that is. I don't know either. I guess that's like an investment and you never know what you're going to get. I'm like, back. I'm, I'm never overlooking piggy banks ever again when I go to a state sales. Yeah, I never would have thought of that. Like that, what are the chances? There's a pro tip for y'all. Yeah. Hit those estate sales. Yep. Y'all, y'all thrifting junkies. Yes. All right. Yeah. So like that's a core memory made right there. He's yeah. never going to forget that. That's cool. I've never had an experience like that. Yeah, pretty who, unique. who sells money in a piggy bank? That yeah, seems like an oversight. I don't know, but he found it. He bought it. No, totally. That's cool. Yeah. Speaking of revenue streams. <laughs> <laughs> you got me with that one. Excuse me, by the way. I'm. <coughs> Are you also getting over a cold? I'm getting over a cold. I am too. It's been the worst. I I actually don't. Today's I just have the a, best day I've had in a while. Though. Me too. I have a sore throat, but <laughs> but not any other symptoms. It's just a sore throat that I got. got it. That came from his school. <clears throat> My baseline when we're talking on the mics is stuffy nose, <laughs> is like stuffy. So mm-hmm. it's not good. Yeah. But we are talking about revenue streams yes, today. At least we, we are. hope to. Yeah. Um, as you may know, if you've been following along over the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about business models. And one, what the heck are they? Two, how do they pertain to our businesses? 
I have a coffee shop. Maggie has a real estate business and a staging business. Yep. And um, it seems like for every business, there could be a specific model to it. And I don't have a business model. That's not true at all. That's well, I don't have one true. written down. What you think. don't, what you mean is you don't. You're pro- think you're proving my point. You're actually, if you've been following along, you know I've been making the point that everyone has a business model. They just take for granted that they have a business model oh. and that it works. Who knew? And the question that I've been asking is, does a business model work? Mm-hmm. And that's the question for everybody. Does your business model work? Does your business model work? That's right. Now, I'm not here to say whether one works or not. The, the proof is in the pudding when it comes to your business model, whether it works. The, the, what a business model is, is the structure of your business such that you're going to basically have more money at the end <laughs> than when you started. Uh, mm-hmm. that's, that's the bare bones yeah. of the business model. Um, but what we've been doing, again, to recap, is we've been going through nine components of a business model that we're borrowing from a YouTube video called the Business Model Canvas from the business channel and we have found it to be a succinct iteration of may the main components of the mm-hmm. business model so we've been working through those over the last couple of weeks we turned it into a series who knew <laughs> we thought we'd be farther along i know by now than we are but that's because we are using this experience to kind of mine we're using this uh framework and conversation to mine our experiences in starting our businesses over mm-hmm. the last few years and running them over the last few years to, yeah, mine them for, uh, for the gold. For the gold. For the stories. So how would you define memories. revenue streams? Can you give some examples? Revenue streams. I did a quick Google search right before we you <laughs> did? turned it on. Um, a revenue stream is essentially, by the way, this is number five, component number five. And yeah, we'll, 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 just, we'll just say that. You can either go watch the video or listen to the last couple episodes, or we might touch on more of them today. Yeah. Uh, for the what what exactly these nine components are, but revenue streams is right in the middle, and a revenue stream is basically money, revenue, money that's coming into your business, streaming into your business, flooding you with cash. At so least that's what you hope. Would for your for an example. Of storied, would books be a revenue stream? Yes. So there's books, there's coffee, there's baked goods. Yeah, and bubble tea. And bubble tea. Now, it, okay, all right. So um, this is actually a good question. And this is the kind of thing, This is the specifics here are why we're talking about business models because you can it can be as kind of vague and as broad as you want it to be or as like specific and picky as you want it to be. And I suspect that those who are pickiest about their business model or at least the most in tune with what exactly is happening in each of those components are the ones with the more successful business models. I think the vagueness of my business has been why I have struggled yeah. uh, as much as I have over the over time. Part of part of why I've struggled. There's a lot of different things happening because my whole model has been um questionable from the start but i so. actually going off that what you just said is a good transition to a qu- direct quote from this video that i wrote down that i like pinged as i was listening to it and when i went went back to like scrub through it i wrote this down because i think it is so it caught me off guard in a good way it says 
Your customers do not exist to buy from you. You exist for them. Your customers do not exist to buy from you. You exist for them. Yeah. Tell me again where that... It was like towards the beginning of the video. Okay. Like a few minutes in. Yeah, yeah. And I just thought like that was worth mentioning because if you do have a business or you want to start a business, like you, you are, you have to identify a problem that you solve. That's right. Point number one. Yeah. (laughs) Component number one. What problem are you solving? But not only what problem are you solving, like I think you, like your customers do not exist to buy. You exist for them is such a mic drop moment. I feel like, because I don't think a lot of people really grasp yeah. like the fact that like the reason why you go into business is so you can exit like solve a problem for other people. Mm-hmm. But not only solve a problem, like your every decision you make should be about your customers. Yeah. You said that before. Yeah. From someone else's mm-hmm. wisdom. That's a great point. It's kind of a script flipped. Yeah. Script flip. Uh, and that's actually, that's exactly where, I mean, th- that's, I told you, I heard that uh, Marketing Man Simple podcast this morning. It was basically talking about that same thing. It was talking about, because they're starting from the beginning of, of essentially this process, and they're using that story brand framework that we've also talked about in the past. Um, what are the people around you struggling with? Or what is a problem, what is the problem of the people you're trying to reach? And yeah. you exist to meet them in that need. Now, the beauty of it is, right, that you get to be uh, bringing your, your, your time, your skills, your passion. You get to pour yourself into meeting that need for somebody. So it is a kind of about you, but it's not, it's not ultimately about you. Right. Yeah. It's kind of both, but in terms of marketing, and this is maybe the key. In terms of marketing, it's not about you at all. <laughs> or it can't you can't yeah. make your you can't make your marketing about you. You got to make your marketing about them. That's really right. worse. It's not like we're trying to wash ourselves out or lose sense of ourselves in this process. And your business should be something that you enjoy. Yes, like, it needs to be. I would literally stage houses for free because I love it so much. Mm-hmm. That's how I know I'm doing the right thing. That's cool. And I don't know. I just have reached a place where I'm like, wow, I really, I really love what I do so much. So I'm trying to scale my business right now. Yeah. Um, right. But also going off of this business model canvas, I, I have to exist for my customers. So I, I have to continuously go back and think like, what, how could I, what could I do that, shows that I'm existing for them. And so so I'm asking that question yeah. to myself. Yeah. What can I do that shows I'm existing for somebody for my customers who has a need. My staging customers. <clears throat> it's ironic. It's it's almost ironic like talking about revenue streams is like that feels selfish. Mm-hmm. That, that could feel selfish you're talking mm-hmm. about, okay, how can I get the money in? How can mm-hmm. it how can I make this thing, you know, work for me? Mm-hmm. And so you almost have to do a mindset shift on that where you're like, okay, wait a minute. 
even my revenue streams can be geared toward my customers. Right. Because my customers want, want. my not my service. Yes. They want my product. So and they will happily pay for they, it. Yeah. Yeah, they will. They need it. And I understanding that want to give them as many ways to be served as I mm-hmm. can. It just requires money. <laughs> right. So, yeah, revenue streams one I think I talked a little bit. We touched on it last time. We talked about like the retail storefront yeah. that I have. Mm-hmm. So I think if I went to if I were to broaden that that answer um, within the storied coffee business model, we have a storefront, okay, and that's where people come in and they give us money at our point of sale, cash or card. It's right there. That's pretty much our almost our only revenue stream. Um, I do, as I discussed last time, have some merch available online. So that might be another revenue stream. I think more people want that more than you think. <clears throat> Most likely. I want a story examples. t-shirt. I pro- okay. I'll buy one. <laughs> probably have one for you. Uh, you can get some bootleg merch. <laughs> But like, think about like subscriptions, mm-hmm. right? You got Netflix and Max and Dateline Hello. Premium. <laughs> yeah. right? Everyone's doing a subscription model. Uh, or a lot of people are doing like a subscription model. Or you're doing, uh, what do you call it? Memberships it would be Dude. a revenue stream. We did membership. Actually, that's a good example. Storied. We did a membership program late last year mm-hmm. that was covering this year. And for a select few. Could you who- do a monthly membership? Could storied? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what it would look like. Okay. I have thought about it. Because it's it's cool. Now, the reason people want a, a, people want a subscription or a membership-based revenue stream is because it's sort of like, it's recurring. You yeah. know what's there. You know what to expect, yeah. you know? It's not dependent on, okay, I need this person to come in three times this month. It's like, no, no, mm-hmm. either way, I'm getting their 15 bucks or whatever. Mm-hmm. I was going to say like 20 bucks a month. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've considered. I'm like, okay, what would people get for that? What would make it worth it? Um, yeah, cup of coffee. Well, for twenty bucks, you know, for a few cups of coffee. I mean, <laughs> maybe a sandwich. I was gonna say like twenty bucks a month, unlimited coffee. That'd be worth it. Oh, like a okay, okay, like a like Panera's. Uh, see, Panera has one of these. Um, yeah, one of those sip club or whatever. It's mm-hmm. free, basically free drinks, but you just you pay that membership. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what people would go for. I, put it out there. Put it out there. Maybe we'll try that this year. Because people have been asking us, are we going to do our memberships again? Yeah. We're kind of feeling like probably not. Like I think that would hurt us more mm-hmm. than it would help us right now into yeah. the next year. It's, it's good real short term, but like mm-hmm. long term, it's a hard game to play because there's no cash flow. Yeah. Because everybody paid up front. Yeah. <laughs> but a membership, like if people are asking you now about memberships, this might be a good way to pivot and do subscription. Be like, peep, you know, just announce that. Be like, hey, I know y'all been asking about memberships. We have thought about it. We really want to do it. But we think a better way to serve you, our customers, is to actually provide a subscription. It's a win-win. Yeah. Sign me up. I'd have to. 
We'll have to talk about that almost yeah. off the mic. No, totally. There's so many angles to it. No, I know. I'm just throwing that I out there. Spend because another hour. I know you could. Just brainstorming that. Mm-hmm. I know. Me too. Because I have thought about it in the in the mm-hmm. past. I've never landed on anything. So, mm. but good to Take hear that. Poll. I appreciate your vote of confidence on that one. Yeah. Um, you should really poll your customers and see if it's something that they would do. Okay. I can do that. I've never, I cannot think of, you know where you see that is coffee roasters. Coffee roasting companies love subscriptions because mm-hmm. you just send them a coffee every month. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like, it's baked into your business. It's, you got that revenue coming in. They never got to worry about fresh coffee. Mm-hmm. They can choose the frequency. They can choose, they can customize it. You know, they choose the roast profiles and whether it's ground or not, blah, blah, blah. So often a roaster will do percentage off, like you get 10% off when you do a subscription and things like that. So there's incentives to, to do that. But that's, that's a different experience than mm-hmm. going to your local coffee shop. But I don't know, I guess Panera is doing it. The reason I thought of that was like, I'm like, I don't, I've never seen a coffee shop do a subscription model where you come in and get free coffee and you pay every month other than Panera. Cumbies like does a, it, I think. Uh, I don't know. Don't They're they? already so low, so, so cheap on that. Hmm. I don't know, but I'll, I, but that's a good. Yeah. I will say your punch cards or the library cards were really popular <laughs> when they were first rolled out. Yeah. And they're still, yeah, so people are still So it could be a version of that. Um, chill vibes. Right. The chill, chill vibes is what we call our loyalty points. So as you, we were using the square loyalty and as you do that, you get, you, you amass, you accrue chill vibes to your mm-hmm. account. Love that. And then you can redeem them. That has been cool. That's not exactly a revenue sh- stream. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is an anti-revenue stream. <laughs> uh, my revenue stream is drying up because of all the freebies we're giving away. But No, I, I mean, yeah. I think that something like this, you should definitely pull your customers and see what they would like. Noted. Especially if they've already been asking you about memberships. And is it is the season. And it could be like an open enrollment type thing where it's like, if you want to be in our subscription service, you can enroll <coughs> this time of year. Enroll in December mm-hmm. from a discounted price. Yes. In January, it's going up. Or in January, it's not available. Can't, but they can cancel at any time? No, it's you, a, it's, it's a, they can pay. Okay. The, you could do a pay up front for a yearly subscription service at a discounted price or pay a monthly fee for a fixed price. Okay. Cancel any What I'm trying to avoid is is the upfront pay me now membership type thing. That's exactly what that would be. Mm. To do an upfront version. Yeah, of we that. should talk about this off the mic <laughs> later. <laughs> See what what I'm saying is what we what we did last time was we sold these memberships at different tiers, $100, mm-hmm. $200 mm-hmm. or $300. The $300 was by far the most popular. And we could have seen ourselves doing a $300 tier for one year subscription again. There was also a three plus, which was a $500 subscription, which was two years and all the same benefits. Mm -hmm. You got a a discount that applied for the year, depending on your your tier. And um, the $100 was a three month, the $200 was a six month, and then that $300 was a full year. Mm -hmm. $500 was the two year program so there are still going to be two-year members mm-hmm. into next this year. next year and we were thinking we would just if anything we would do that 300 dollars tier again but the risk is you just you get so you get thousands of dollars maybe like 
at the end of your year, which is mm-hmm. nice. But then for your slowest months mm-hmm. into the spring, you have no real dollars coming in. Yours. You have much fewer. Because they're all on gift cards. Yes. Everyone's paying with gift cards because that's, mm-hmm. that's what you actually sold them was, was a $300 gift card with perks. And then there's just like that, the cash flow. It's, then it's a budgeting thing. You're creating work for yourself to say, all right, what are you going to do with this money so that you're sustaining your your operations mm-hmm. with those thousands of dollars that you just got? You just got to sustain your operations for the next three to six months and use that money to your advantage now, which is the whole reason you did it was because you needed mm-hmm. the cash infusion right now. So I don't know. I don't know how to balance that. Hmm. It's a, it's a, It's a tough one. And we mostly like are vibing that it's not it mm-hmm. wouldn't serve us at this time. Yeah. To do it again on the member on the pay up front model. Your customers do not exist to buy. You exist for them. That's all. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Well now I'm thinking about it. Um well for me, for my revenue streams, I don't really know my I know my target audience is realtors because they're the ones who are hiring me. And I, I, w- I don't really know what my revenue streams, I think I just have one stream. Well, I have my real estate business yep. and I have my staging business. So I have two streams of income, but they are two different businesses. Yeah. And that's okay. You, you essentially run two businesses. You I run do. Two, you have two different business yes. models for sure. Yes. And your real estate commissions are your yes are a revenue stream, mm-hmm. and there's there's both as seller right seller's agent mm-hmm. and buyer's agent correct. Either way, you'd get a commission correct in the right circumstances, and uh, so I don't know if that's one or two revenue streams there, because you could just choose one right. You could you could only yeah, ever could sell or you could only yes. ever buy if you wanted. Mm-hmm. So I mean, kind of have mm-hmm. open up to. And if I wanted to be there. technical, a third revenue stream could be referrals. If I if I had a wider reach, like nationwide, and you know there was floods of people who were wanting to move to Schenectady, New York, I could be getting referrals or giving out referrals to people who are moving elsewhere. But that's not a huge. But you wouldn't part, get paid part. until. The same thing applied until you Correct. you sold a house for Correct. them or bought a or Correct. bought a house. So that's where I think it's like I think the I think what a business what a, sorry I think what a revenue stream is is exactly how is money getting into your bank your mm-hmm. your bank account. How is money coming in and it's it's commission checks. Correct for buying or selling. Correct. But you but but you've done but you do both. Mm-hmm. Referrals would turn into more of those sales. Mm-hmm. Um. Which kind of is like customer relationships question, actually, point number four, mm-hmm. more than revenue stream. Got it. Uh, so then I don't know what my revenue streams are. I, we just told you. It's commission okay. checks. Commissions. <laughs> there we go. Commissions are, for, for your real estate business, primary and maybe only way of making money in that business. Mm-hmm. Staging. Yes. Is you write a contract with mm-hmm. someone for whatever a service. service, right? Yes. Per project. Correct. And I think that's mostly it. Yeah. And then they just write me a check. Cool. So that's that's your revenue. That's yeah. yeah. For you, that's your revenue streams. Now, I don't think 
with Welcome Home Co. Like you didn't, you have a, you had a blog. Mm-hmm. You have a blog, but you haven't been super active with Not it. Not right? an active. But if you blog had right continued now. on blogging, that's a thing that a mm-hmm. lot of people turn into a, a revenue stream. Yep. Through affiliate links. Yep. Or sponsorships. Sponsorships. Adverti- Brand advertising. Partnerships. Yeah. Okay. Right. So there's ways to, to create revenue out of that. Although mm-hmm. I don't think you ever pursued. Not actively those pursuing that right now. Because I'm. Had you in the past? Would, yeah. Well, no. I mean, <laughs> the short answer is no. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Um, so. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, uh, and we have this podcast. That's not off the table for me. Yeah. Funny enough, we have this podcast, which currently is. Um, not a revenue stream. Not a revenue stream at all. There are ways we could turn it into a revenue stream. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't get into it to do such. But we are finding that it, it costs money mm-hmm. to do what we're doing. We're doing it pretty low-key, admittedly. Mm-hmm. It's pretty DIY. Yep. Um, but TJ is trying to get paid, and uh, rightfully so. And then, like, there's monthly subscription fees for mm-hmm. hosting it, and we're not paying anything to advertise. I just renewed our, um, our um, domain name. There's domain names. Yep. And, sorry. There's uh, there's costs, you know. Mm-hmm. So at, at the very least, we should be thinking about how to how to cover those costs, right? You know, and I haven't been thinking about that, and that's another thing, you know, that would be part of your. You, I mean, in this case, yours and my, mm-hmm. excuse me, co business. We could, you know, but so yeah, other other uh, podcasts. There's only. I guess there's a lot of ways a podcast can make money. Usually, most most obviously, like mm-hmm. ad roll mm-hmm. sponsorships. Um, but like, you could do subscriptions where you offer premium content or ad free content or whatever. So there's that subscription model again. Uh, I could upload all the videos I've ever taken onto a YouTube <laughs> channel, yep. which I intend to do one of these days. Um, or I could just hire a 12-year-old to do it for me yeah. and be done with that. <laughs> True. Even that, like, and that's another way that people make money, is content creation. Yeah. And we're not super on that. We're not on that at all, but that's another thing. Like, you just kind of automatically my make problem money is if I you overthink do that right. Everything. Uh, that's my problem as well. That's why we ain't got no content. I know. I just literally overthink thought it to death. everything. <laughs> yeah, oh. I hear you. I told you how I switched my Instagram handle name and I'm like still wondering if I regret that or not. Like I, I, I question it every day. Really? <laughs> Tell but, us more. You, uh, ch- you did change it. I did change it. What'd so, you change it to? So From my, what to what? My Instagram handle for years and years and years has been my first and last name, Maggie From, And I thought that maybe switching it to reflect more of my business would be better suited for me and would like incentivize me like mentally to like separate the personal and and, like the businessy side of it and like focus on being more of like a brand so I changed the handle to the welcome home collective because I felt like it was a good um a good reflection of what Welcome Home Co. is. And 
all the Welcome Home Co. handles were already taken or oh, being gotcha. squatted on by somebody else. So I'm sort of like last to the <laughs> game for like getting the, the handle that I really wanted without having like an underscore or like a period in the middle of it. I just wanted to just be one thing. Got it. Um, and my website is thewelcomehomeco.com. So I thought maybe like the Welcome Home Collective might be a good like equivalent but it's it's mad long and i'm still questioning it and so mm. when you're listening to this i might have changed it back to maggie from or it could still be the welcome home collective we don't know <laughs> right now yeah that's deep mm-hmm. that yeah. means that between wednesday and friday mm-hmm. you made that it call could, yeah it's yeah it's true and i'm like i'm like on the fence right now i go back and forth depending on my mood <laughs> But here's the thing. Here's the okay. I also I'm overthinking my handle, my Instagram handle. But have I produced content in the last six weeks? No, haven't uploaded a single photo or a reel. I'm 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 posting on stories here and there, but I've sort of disconnected a little bit from content creation because the time like I, I've just sort of shifted roles from being a business person to being more of a parent now mm-hmm. and that's really taken up a lot of my time shout out to all the parents who have been parents for the entire life of their kid I've just been <laughs> a parent from age 12 on so it's kind of like I've been sort of plopped down in the middle of it figuring out how to like reacclimate my time and my life because the time of day when I used to really produce content was between like 5 a.m and 7 a.m that's my sweet spot always but my kid at home wakes up at 6 15 and I've just barely had time for my body to process my first cup of coffee before he wakes up. And I'm like, then I have to be awake and like ready for him and his needs and stuff. And That's so a big change when you're a morning it, person. Yeah, it's, just... it's a really big change. And I'm like, do I wake up at 4 a.m. now to get the same amount of work done? Well, I, I don't want know. To make that suggestion, but well, I also the other thing that I also have sort of changed is my like gym routine I used to also go to the gym early in the morning and I I've had to adjust my gym schedule too because again wanting to be there for the morning routine stuff and I again this it's only been it's been five weeks six weeks since this change has happened like in our household with him and I'm maybe I just need to give myself a little bit more time to get into the rhythm of our new life. But um, that's kind of, I think, where I'm also like struggling is like I'm I want Instagram to be a revenue stream Mm -hmm. for my business so much so that I've I've been like I've been taking, again, a course that I've paid for and downloaded, but like haven't really done much with. And I I really do want to have like brand partnerships and just have 
I, Joe and I have all this really cool content ideas for videos, but I just have not done them. So I'm like, why am I obsessing and overthinking about my Instagram name when like I'm not even producing content right now, right? I got you. I see where you're coming from. So that's my little rant about myself. If you had not changed your handle, it's not like you would be producing the exactly. content. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just proved a point to myself. Right? Yeah. I mean, I hear you. Do, do you think, all right, not to keep going on this one, but do, do you think that if it had been the Welcome Home Co., you would have no issue with the handle? No. I think I'm... Or you think changing it from your name was the problem? Yeah, you know I what think mean? you changed like, it. I, I wonder if it's the collective word that you're unsettled about because uh, it doesn't really mm, match anything you've yeah. done before. Yeah, that could be. You know? So if it was simply the Welcome Home Co., that's as much you as Maggie Fromm is. Yeah, I think maybe you're right. Just a thought. So I wonder if finding like the Welcome Home with an underscore... Cause I don't hate a, I don't hate a thing with a, with a I don't hate a name with an underscore at all. Mm. Yeah. Again, overthinking it. Totally. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's my take from an as an outsider. I mm-hmm. wonder if that's actually is the collective word is what's throwing off. And it's very long. The length too. I mean, yeah. I remember when we were like, when I was like, hey, I think we're gonna change this from storied coffee to storied coffee and milk teas. Oh, that's yeah, our entire handle: storied coffee and milk teas. I was like, I was like, should we change this? It's going to be mad long. But then, but ultimately it was a marketing thing because mm-hmm. that is, people don't see your name on Instagram until they go to your page. Mm-hmm. They see your handle on Instagram. Mm-hmm. So you got to kind of lead with that. And at the time we were kind of rebranding to where bubble tea was going to be as much a, a feature of our business as, as coffee. And I was like, we got to stand out with this. So I'm going to just risk it for the biscuit and we mm-hmm. we went with the long one and I've never looked back but yeah I was not competing for <laughs> that handle yeah no, no it nobody else was out here yeah <laughs> what's frustrating about this whole process is like the like two possible Instagram handles that I would like are literally just being squatted on by uh, people with zero posts and zero followers and zero they're not following zero people it's so frustrating and that's that's the other thing that makes me so um disheartened about it I'm like what's the point yeah remember when we found house coffee yeah <laughs> it was already a, a one i know we're like oh and then we friended them and they they uh they, they ignored us. us yeah did we ask did we get right did we write them for that we though? did oh they didn't get back to us no <laughs> I also repl- That's okay. reached out them. to someone with um, with the, one of the Welcome Home Co. handles. They make doormats for houses, uh-huh. and they haven't been active since 2021, I want to say. And I reached, I messaged them, and then like I even clicked their book now and added a message wow. to their book now, and I haven't heard back because like they're probably not even checking that. Yeah. Well. Yeah. That's my sorry to go off on that tangent, but <laughs> the things um, these are the things we deal with. Yeah, what does this video mean by assets? Is it 
So key resources, I think, is what the other what we what not we that I want to prevent us from going ahead, but I actually am wondering: did we re, did we get into did we how much did we talk about custody relationships? By the way, custody is an industry term for customer. <laughs> In the um, uh, meme specialty coffee world. Yeah, Custy. Um, I don't... Well, we talked about clients versus customers last time. We did talk about time. that, yes. So... Did we talk about how we get... How you get... So, okay. So maybe we'll just review if we did. Maybe it'll feel like a review. Okay. Did we talk about how you get clients? Mm, yeah, we talked about... How you like, get clients. I'm business to business. Well, that, I guess that's sales channels, customer relationships. What do you mean? So we did see. This is where at last I did. I did. Talk, I did touch on how things overlap a lot, or uh, overlap a bit in these things. It's not linear when you talk about your business model and how the different components go together. It's it's not it's not totally linear. So we did talk about sales channels, uh, which is different from revenue streams because that's like how your stuff is getting out into the world. So mm-hmm. through social media, through your website, through your retail store, um, from business to business or or direct to consumer. We talked about sales channels. That kind of leads into how you're going to get customers and how you're going to grow your relationships with those customers and then how you're gonna and how you're gonna retain those customers. And I don't know that we actually ever really got into that. Um, by all means. Which kind of goes hand in hand with revenue streams. And sales channels. I just think we skipped over that a little bit. So rather than jump into assets and feel like we didn't do a service to our custies. Okay. I don't want to just I just want to avoid avoid that. So So my question is, and you did talk about I think you did talk about your staging business and you are largely business to business mm-hmm. to where other realtors are hiring you for the mm-hmm. staging services. You did specifically say that. So other realtors are a lot of your customers in that sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, maybe we did. So or maybe we did get into this more than I'm, I'm remembering, but like with real estate uh, business, how have you gotten clients? How have you gone about getting clients or customers in that? Has it been, maybe, maybe did we touch on I'm this? A, I'm 100% referral. 100% referral. You said that about staging. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much how totally I am true with, in your real estate business with real well. estate business. Um, and I think I talked about my, the pillars of my real estate business maybe two episodes ago. Yep. Um, but yeah, I, I don't really do a ton of marketing um, in terms of like your traditional like advertising. Most of my business is through word of mouth and my past clients. So if I've provided a really good service to my clients when people who they know needed agent, they will just reach out to me and they'll say, oh, I was referred to you by so-and-so and and that person was my like a past client. Cool. I remember you saying too, and maybe I don't remember if we were talking about it I don't remember if this came up in the context of, of customer relationships or not. So sorry if I'm just way more confused than I need to be right now. But <laughs> you talked about your like networks that you had around yep. you, like uh, community groups and yep. sh- and like 
the church mm-hmm. at the time and uh, community groups being My like blog. Rotary and stuff like that. Blog. Did you get customers through your blog? Did readers turn into? Um, I were, who were your readers? I think people maybe like Googled me and stumbled upon my website and learned more about me and what I do. And there was a lot of crossover between my Instagram and my blog. They went hand in hand and I would, I would publish a lot of my posts on Facebook and people would see them or I published a lot on Instagram and people would see them. Cool. Did you see, is there, were there examples of where your, your, your content turned into customers? Yes. And clients? Yes. Really? Yeah. Yeah, We didn't touch on that. Yeah, that was years ago. Back when like your blog was pretty active. Yeah. And they became like, like, uh, people who wanted to sell houses with you or, or buy or buy. Really? Mm -hmm. Like how frequent was I worked with a lot of buyers several years ago because I was just starting and a lot Mm -hmm. of people who were around our age were also looking to buy houses and um, they they would see I I think what it was is I was posting consistently on Instagram and I was consisting posting consistently on my blog and a lot of that went hand in hand and so the people who were following my Instagram or who or who I was friends with on Facebook were just people it just sort of like kept me top of mind for people. I don't think that people necessarily found my blog as a stranger and then wanted to work with me. I think it it just sort of became a reinforcer for people. Like if I had somebody that like needed a realtor, they would be like, oh, you should work with Maggie and maybe they would look me up, find my Instagram and then go through like the rabbit hole and then find my blog or friend me on Facebook or email me. And then my email signature had a link to my blog and they would read about that just to reinforce how like I know what I'm doing. Yeah. That's a cool insight. We, yeah, we definitely did not touch on that per se. Um, Why did I stop? We were, we were kind of closer to the end. I think we, I think we talked. Why did I stop blogging? Oh yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I was thinking about our conversation. And how like we didn't get as far into this one as I had yeah. wanted to. That's because we just I think we got cut off when we were mm-hmm. mostly we had been talking about sales channels. So these customer relationships, I mean, we did touch on them because mm-hmm. again the bleed over. But yeah, there's specific ways you need to feed your revenue streams yeah. by um, finding customers, whether it's natural networks that you've got or whether the referrals work for you. I mean, everyone always says this is kind of like anecdotal, but word of mouth is the best, uh, mm-hmm. the best advertising, and and I it mean, is. it's maybe the hardest to get and least like broad, but it is maybe the best. Uh, I don't know, the most effective. Yes, it's it's the most qualified, right? Yes. You always want qualified leads, and. No more qualified a lead than like someone who comes in on the word of a friend. Well, perfect example of a, of a listing I have right now that's under contract um, was actually a referral from my broker. But the client is a teacher 
in a school where she graduated high school from. And so she's still connected to that community and the teachers and, and people who still work there. Um, this guy, our client, bought his house a year ago but is, is relocating out of Scotia to be like closer to where he teaches because he has like a 45 to an hour commute every day and it's just too far so um even though he bought his house a year ago he did not reach out to the agent who helped him buy this house because I don't know what that relationship was or wasn't but it just for whatever reason they didn't they he didn't reach out to that person again I don't know who they are doesn't matter but he he asked his coworkers at the school where he works, other teachers, hey, I need a realtor. Can you recommend someone? And the people he asked, every single person mentioned Judy, my broker. Mm-hmm. It was like, you got to work with her. She is the best. She will take such good care of you. Now, Judy and I went on to this appointment. She invited me to come on to this appointment because she knew the house would need staging. And she's like, you live less like so close to this house she's like i'm going to refer this to you once we're done with the listing appointment you're going to take over and you're going to treat him as if you he was your client but i'll just be involved with it and you know whatever and so we worked it out yeah but after we did the listing appointment like we just totally wowed him with like great communication great customer service great staging and um just the overall service and he ended up texting me after we were under like or maybe we had a conversation after we were under contract and he's like I just can't believe that you you both went above and beyond I'm just so thrilled this is like better than I could have asked for like basically the people who recommended me you to me like did not steer me wrong and that is how I get the majority of my business yeah. is just the word of mouth, but just by offering really great customer service. It's really not that difficult of a formula, in my opinion. It's like you just treat people with respect. You're honest with them. I feel like even when you have to deliver bad news or you screw up, I mean, I had a really, really big, expensive screw up this year, and I still was able to own it with a different customer, totally, mm-hmm. totally different scenario. But I'm, what I'm, my point is, is like, you just have to provide good service to somebody and like be quick with your communication and own up to something if you make the mistake and just, in, in my opinion, go above and beyond their expectations and then they'll be your raving fans and they'll tell everybody. That's super well said. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy that we got that in there. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I really think everything comes down to that. There's a lot of ways to find customers. There's like Mm -hmm. traditional models with advertising and things like that. Um, But there's there's a lot to be said for just the service you give and the way that that leads to the way people talk about you and the reputation that you get as a result. Yes. And you can build off of that, you know, and your name gets out there. I mean, regardless of of how, regardless of the fact that people just don't cross the bridge and, like, don't come to Scotia mm-hmm. and, like, storied kind of feels like a desert sometimes. Um, but whenever I hear people talk about us, they talk well. 
you know? Mm -hmm. So it's, that's what makes me believe we got a good thing going. Mm -hmm. And it's like our reputation is good. And there's just other limiting factors Mm -hmm. that we've got to figure out how to surmount. Um, But the customers we do have, I think, yeah, there's, there's a lot of ways that I struggle to invest in those relationships and, and grow them. That's definitely like something we could, we could, we could work Mm -hmm. on, but we get a lot, we got, we got good, good repeat business from the people that do Mm -hmm. know us. So there's, there's a lot to be said for that. I think you should send Christmas cards to like your top 20 people this you've year. You've always got a suggestion. Top 20 people? I don't know. That's an interesting idea, too. You always leave me with something to think about, Maggie. <laughs> Christmas card. I'm trying to think if I've ever experienced that from another business. I, that's another thing I actually do. Listen, I, you know everyone's addresses. I do. I'm not supposed to know my customers' addresses. If I do, it, it's too bad it you don't creepy, know a realtor frankly. who has access to people's information. That's literally illegal. No, it's not. I'm pretty sure. But getting people's mailing addresses? I don't know. <laughs> it's not illegal. It might be illegal for you to give that to me unsolicited. I don't think so. I'll look into it. If it is, I won't do it. But if it's not, I will. Okay, noted. <laughs> we got to wrap this one I up. I um, But again, happy we got the, the, in there at the yeah. end. Now I know for sure we've talked about customer relationships. Yep. There's a lot more to be said on, frankly, any one of these points. So we're just doing a little bit of a gloss over mm-hmm. on these things. Next week we'll talk about assets for okay. sure and maybe go on from there. Okay. Uh, who knows if we'll get through the end. I bet we got a whole episode on cost alone. So yeah. um, probably we'll get through all these next time. But it's not about the destination, guys. It's yeah. about the journey. <laughs> We exist for you, dear listener. Yeah. So if there's anything we can do differently, please let us know. Please give us your feedback in the form of a review. We'd love to hear from you. It will help us grow. And yeah, we're here for you. That's all I got to (laughs) say. All right. We'll talk soon. Later. Bye.